de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hi, hello, welcome back. ¿Cómo están todos? Bienvenidos a De Colores Radio. Look at me. Radio. I'm, I speak Spanish, y'all. This is episode 19. We appreciate you all listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is the one, the only, Rafael Tamayo. Pra What's oh, good? That was like a sweet one. <laughs> it, was, it was nice. I can't do it. And 19, that's our, I, I we're 19 in. We're 19. We're, like we're not going to be teenagers teen. anymore. Yeah. We grown. We're about to join the 20-something club. Yikes. Uh, yikes. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm good. How are you? That's not convincing <laughs> at all. <laughs> now I'm they worried go. about you. No, don't be. Um, we're all going to die. Uh, what? Spoiler alert. <laughs> No, uh, it got really cold, and so I'm trying to make sure I don't get sick. Well, so I'm, I'm like, yeah. already, I don't know what's wrong with me. I thought I was doing well, but y'all are going to hear me probably all mocosa and coughing, and I'm going to try to keep it together. Yes, we need to get you some vaporu. Some vaporu will do the trick, absolutely. Yeah. That's Word. the key, essential. Um, can I ask you something? Um, yeah, what's up? I'm going to ask you something. What is wrong with you? <laughs> On the low. <laughs> Y'all, he just disheveled his hair, and now he looks like probably Chambelan Rafael, so I'm just trying to make sure he's okay. Um, You're asking me what is wrong with me? I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to sound rude, but I want to I wanna ask you something to give our listeners an insight into our personal energia. Okay. Into how we are feeling right now. Into the reality of our existence. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for meme mood. Give it to me. Um, I just thought this one was really funny. Oh, God. So <laughs> <laughs> that always makes me nervous. No, it's not a bad one. It's just like a funny one after um, – because I was also upset. Some people weren't as upset as I feel like they should have been over the whole H&M thing. Oh, yes. But – um. There was a meme that said, y'all made, made H&M prices drop by 80%. I'm going to need y'all to have Gucci say something really racist. <laughs> that was so funny. I did yeah, see that. So I that saw that today, actually. That's that's a good one. You want yeah. some Gucci on the low? Gucci. Jesus. Um, My meme mood is a video. It's a little quote, and it says, how many times in a week? Do you procrastinate? And then there's Ricky from Vine. If you were, like, obsessed with Vine like I was, you know what I'm talking about. Push them out. And it's um, Ricky from Vine dancing, like, breaking it down to this song, which is a classic banger. And he's just grooving it because he procrastinates every damn day of his life. And I feel that on a spiritual level. Because even though it's a new year and it's supposed to be a new year new me, we still mm. struggling. Like, it's immediately after the new year. I was like, I mean... Don't have my life together, but here we are. Honorable mention, the one that the the one that was like, um, I already messed, I already effed up. Oh, Twenty nineteen, yeah. my year for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I think that's where yeah. we both are. But that is our meme moods. So it's been a little while since we last recorded. How's the new year starting off for you? I clearly we're both. Yeah. Going. Trying to catch up. I'm still writing 2017 on stuff, so that's Are happening. Are you? You struggled as a child? I yeah. do, too. You it's just keep erasing bro. it. It's it stressful. How were the holidays? We actually got to celebrate our little <coughs> Pat with a surprise party. We did, yeah. 
It was cute. Yeah. She she pretended like she knew, but you didn't know. You were still shocked. You didn't know. I, I knew a little bit. She said she knew a little bit. She knew a little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. We celebrated uh, Ari's birthday. We did too. celebrate Ari's birthday. Shout out to Ari. It was her birthday the same yeah. day, and she didn't get the limelight because it was that surprise party. Sorry. Anyways, that was fun. We can um, share a video of uh, Chambelan de Sopresa that popped out. I don't know where he came from. I paid a lot of money for him, and he came through. That was crazy. So maybe we'll share that with y'all later. We didn't um, have enough ones either. Enough ones? It yeah. was weird. It got a little weird. <laughs> BBA. <laughs> BBA was getting twerked on. It was interesting. Shout out to everybody that came through. For real. The holidays were also interesting. <coughs> Adulthood in is weird, honestly. Yeah, it is. Um... Yeah, it is. Okay, that's about it. <laughs> so that means it is officially time for the juice. We can start the juice, as always, with the, I think you could call it shithole news. Um, I hate that I have to spend time on this person still. And I don't have that much left to say that hasn't been said. Um, but it's still... I don't know. It's a damn shame. I don't know when Mueller needs to get on his shit, move a little faster, bruh. It's almost a full year, and he's still there. He's I still there. I guarantee you if if, if, if uh, 45's skin color was a little darker. Oh, absolutely. You know, been out. Been out. I. It's really terrifying what he said, but, like, not shocking. It's just amazing to me. Like, I was shook the next day because I went to a conference and I saw somebody – wearing a hat loud and proud and it was really triggering for me and i didn't yeah. realize that that would be a trigger mm. for me but it was and i think it's because it was like oh you're so adamantly proud of this person and like happy that they are speaking for what you really feel right and that was really disturbing when you have a president of a country saying like can these people stop coming here because they're from shithole countries right mean ma- basically meaning they're not white um which is what your standard is um I don't know. It's just mad disturbing, and it's unfortunate that like we're still here, like we're yeah. still we're still dealing with this. It's not, and, and you said, I mean, it's not surprising. It's not because it's like, okay, yeah, we know, but it's this is the leader of the free world. You right. know what I mean? And the so you you look in retrospect world. at some of the things that we've had to deal with as a country, and like I would I would welcome George W. with open arms at this <sighs> point. You know what I mean? And you you realize how ridiculous things like that sound, right? And how sentiments like that are you know in contrast to the times that we're living in now and i'm like i'm really saying that when i remember during that time i couldn't stand them. oh i, I, I still can't else. stand you know him I mean? but that's the thing also that people like don't <coughs> minimize his shittiness either right just because he was like able to look more professional perhaps than this person but oh my god and then there's of course with that there's the he ended tps which is again affecting your brown and black countries um and and just immigrants in general, uh, DACA, they need a vote on DACA by the 19th. If not, the government will shut down. Shout out my girl Yoli's keeping me in the loop with that. There's just so much happening. I know people were in D.C. recently and getting arrested for trying to for shutting down for sitting in. Sorry, in the senator's offices because they can't vote on the damn Clean Dream Act. And it's like it's such a fucking joke. I sorry, go go. I'm cursing. Um, it's just so draining and I want to tell people like, get involved, do this, do that. But it's like, at some point you also like are are exhausted and with reason. So, um, as always F Donald Trump, 
and let's just hope that we can we can make some action happen get some calls in contact your senators um let them know that we are not allowing this this bs essentially um and and do what you can to support our dreamers and our tps and people that are not even under that because those people are also being affected that don't have that quote-unquote good look of a model student or whatever uh those people are still humans and they can still belong in this country um this was kind of interesting this little article i read and it was talking about um like 500 y years later find we found out what killed the aztecs and if you use your brain that's right it's the colonizer um it's funny because it was like scientists were saying like oh it was this specific disease some like like salmonella type thing and it literally wiped out like millions 80, 80%. yeah 80% of the population of Aztecs and so somebody was just like it's not this scientific strain it's literally the colonizer it came through Spain and went to Mexico spread their diseases and wiped out you know the majority of this population so I thought that was interesting kind of kind of sad that's why narratives are important that's why controlling our narrative is important no kidding um but yeah, I was like, shit. But it's also interesting that they can do DNA on these like old, um, not fossils. That's not the word, right? Body fossils? Like human bodies? <laughs> They're not fossils. No, I'm not good at science. <laughs> fossils is just for animals? I believe in science. I believe in science. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought um, that was fascinating. Humanoid carcass, I believe in Bruh. <laughs> Where did you even come up with that? Is it's that from this something? This tea, whatever's in this tea. He made right us some now. special tea, and this Ooh, shout out is lit. Shout out to his ginger tea making skills. Um, this <coughs> is a topic that I got a lot of kind of requests on. I think I'm still processing it. <coughs> I Aziz, I'm sorry. I saw this article when I woke up, and the first thing I tweeted was, um, good luck to my next partner because I'm never going to trust men again. Mm -hmm. I didn't lie. I was kind of joking, but I wasn't lying. There's a hint of truth in every joke. Absolutely. Um, I want to hear your feedback, actually, as a, as a fella, oh. as, a, as a good guy, because that's how we saw Aziz Ansari, was as a good guy. <coughs> yeah. Um, I... <laughs> This is really I'm I feel strange. Okay. Because I'm tired of feeling a certain way about like what uh what the what the system is or what, what it's become. Or not that what it's become, but what it was established as and where we are now. And so like one of the things that sticks with me is when um Salma Hayek had said something. Someone was like, hey, you know, the After whole movement. After Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, and they were, like, talking about the movement, and they were like, well, why are women just bringing it up now? And then, you know, Salma Hayek's, because we can. And so I feel like, you know, there's there's so many different sides to, to movements and, and to situations, but this this particular one has, like, so many variable ways to be interpreted and perceived it's difficult to try to look past everything and really see the underlying issue and really make sure that you understand it, know which part of that you belong in, and, and like acknowledge it in a way that will help you move forward. And so it's really weird. Um, I, you know, I feel fortunate because, like I've mentioned, I don't know how many times, you know, the role model and hero that my mother is to me, but um, 
it's really weird to hear so many different stories on different levels and then see people's reactions to it. And people, I think what bothers me the most is people coming into coming in defense of certain situations, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what what part of the conversation are you like being constructive for? You know what I mean? Is like, right. what's the point of of speaking on anything if it's not really you know bettering in some exactly way. especially with a, t- a topic like this yeah because people don't know how to talk about it and for so long it was just seen as one way yeah. or the victim's fault um and and a lot of ways it still is right with this situation particularly right. because people are saying well it wasn't sexual assault well it wasn't this well it was and it's like if it still occurred and someone felt uncomfortable it's right. not right. And like, so that's it's the that thing. simple. Yeah, and so that's the whole thing with me. Like, there's and, and there's so many ways to, like, you know, control a story or, or, you know, present an angle. Like, I try not to get caught up in it. I understand, like, the need for that conversation. But at the same time, I wouldn't let what something happened turn into somebody else using that as a motivator to, to create, like, something hateful that isn't actually bettering the problem. Right. And so that's where my biggest thing is. It's like, look, there's so much noise out there. How do we focus on what's important and what we really need to make sure that we get rid of a system that is that ridiculous? Like, this. yeah, when you look back and look at the numbers and look at the people that are controlling the situations and the environments and this entire system, it's like that's where the problem is. That's where, you know, there were all these things that allowed for something so, like, so wrong to happen. How do we fix that rather than, you know – some of the noise that, that gets mixed up and, and like, twists Highlighted. the message. Yeah. Um, this, <coughs> this uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I was a huge fan of Aziz. I really was, especially as a brown man making work in comedy um, and highlighting often the immigrant story and outspokenly speaking about Black Lives Matter, outspokenly speaking about feminism, things you don't typically see men or men of color discuss so i was a huge fan if you know me i was a huge fan but that does not matter that does not matter when someone still is in that situation or experienced it just because you are a quote-unquote good guy does not mean you're not capable of being a terrible person um and i think a lot of times because it might not be you know trigger warning rape or whatever people still think it's bullshit or whatever and it's like no, it's not. I, I, I can guarantee you every woman I know has been through a situation like this. Most most of my generation, I can tell you I've been through a situation like this countless times. Countless times. And that's because when you're in a, like a sexual situation, you kind of do feel a lot of pressure. And we have to discuss this stuff because that doesn't make it okay. Even if they are... You know, this is going to be mad, not for kids' words, but, like, horny or whatever. Like, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean you are allowed to do this or break those boundaries. If you see someone uncomfortable, you need to stop. It's that simple. And just because you're famous and rich or whatever, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't mean they want you. Um, So I will say that this article is mad sketchy, and this company is sketchy, and there's there's a lot of criticisms with that, (coughs) and I agree, and I see that. Um, But obviously in Aziz's response, he kind of said, I thought it was this. I thought it was okay, and I didn't realize, and I thought it was consensual. And so 
it does get really, really complex because then it's like, okay, you should know that there's consent there and, and it's hard to read sometimes. But in that situation where she was made it seem fairly, you know, I don't know. It gets complicated, but it's an important part of the discussion that needs to happen. Um, I agree. And that's what I talk about when I say noise. Because, you know, you, you, you try to look at situations and you try to see things. And obviously you don't take things for what, what they're presented as right away. Right. And so I think as a person, you have a responsibility. And then um, obviously men in, in, in this particular situation have an even greater responsibility to understand, like, you know, beyond what an, what an article might be in right. the sense of being constructive. And rather than reinforcing something that we've seen – you know, per be, be, you know, happening for so damn long. And like, you know, it, th there's this reinforcing culture of making sure that stuff like that gets swept under the rug in the most effective manner to the betterment of, you know, those people, those people. And yeah. it, it shouldn't it, be it that gets way. super difficult because <coughs> now we have a lot of women criticizing this story and criticizing this. And so then it like kind of breaks that that support thing that's been going on but yeah. i think it's really important to discuss still um because there is a lot of um unspoken bedroom things that need to be discussed because if not they're going to keep happening um whether they're quote-unquote tarnishing this person or not like we we have to learn in order to actually feel safe and equal um a wild story i didn't think was real i thought it was an internet joke <laughs> i know that was a great transition um <laughs> Those laundry pods, I don't really have those because Mama uses that, like, old Mexican powder detergent. Bruh, I still use one of those uh, little <laughs> linoleum things. Stop. No, you of, don't. No, a you bar don't. of salt there. I go down to the <laughs> Trinity, and I'm good to go. Work out for a whole day <laughs> doing that. Um, apparently, there are mostly young children and teens eating pods. I've seen one of them do it. You I saw, saw the one video? of the videos. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I heard they foam at the mouth. Yeah, Often? but it's like, do you know how the, how expensive those things are? Stop! Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You're like, why are you wasting money on this yeah. laundry thing? Um, so apparently there are people doing that. I didn't know it was real. I think y'all should stop doing that. Um, YouTubers are wild. You know, we're not even going to get into Logan Paul's bitch ass. But <laughs> anyways... Um, yeah, I thought. Let I thought the laundry do worse. the laundry. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. Air out the laundry. Air out the laundry. The dirty laundry. Uh, this was very interesting. A Selena TV show. I don't know why they called it that. Besides to get more clicks, in my opinion, because as soon as we read the article, it was like family agreed to this, but it will not be about her. But it's about her, <laughs> so you should watch. It's gonna be on ABC, and I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. So it's a going to be a story about her life, but not about her. Yeah. So it just sounds like the family was like, yeah, y'all can do that, fam. Go ahead. And then, like, why? Like, why can't we have original Latino stories? Why do y'all have to, like, take the things y'all like, like Selena and Dia de los Muertos or whatever? Like, why can't we have some original content, a.k.a. hire me. I could write a show for you real Boom. quick and produce it. You but hey, Netflix, <laughs> where you at? Honestly, please. Um, I don't know. I I'm not personally looking forward to this. I think it just sounds kind of silly, but it might be really great. I don't know. Selena TV show. We'll see. No feelings? Um, I, I like Selena Gomez. So oh, I God, I'm so tired <laughs> of you. Why do you do this to me? It's funny. Every time. It's and funny. I still fall for it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm not looking forward to this for 
it just feels um, kind of tired and unnecessary. Yeah. Then they finally, they, they hold an auditions though, because oh, you gonna you <laughs> you wanna get casted? You know a thing or two? Yeah, where, they, where that open call at? Oh Lord Jesus. Um. <laughs> then finally, we are all probably dying because. As Texans, we don't know how to act when it's below 40 degrees. Seriously. We don't know how to act. We don't know how to drive. We don't you know how to breathe. You had one job, Pete Delkis. Pete Delkis, you one me job. out. <laughs> I was waiting for school to be canceled so I could, like, breathe a whole day. Didn't happen. Um, so it's basically below 40 degrees, and the, and the entire state of Texas has lost its shit. Um <laughs> That's what they say on the news. Those are the politically correct terms. You can say shit now. It's it's a good. It's like a wholesome American thing now. I mean, so. shithole. You know, shitholes shit hole, yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah. So we are currently struggling. San Antonio <coughs> went wild. Made a whole hashtag. <laughs> Adios frio eighteen because we literally don't know how to handle it. Um, I I hope we all make it through because it's really hard at these times, and the cold's making it worse for us. Mm-hmm. Ransack the. Gr- I'm, I wonder how H-E-B the grocery stores are H-E-B dead. H-E-B they is, are yeah, literally they dying. Up. <laughs> Anyways, that is our juice for the week. Now we get to welcome to the show a local artist, a native of Dallas. Giovanni Valderas is the assistant gallery director at Kirk Hopper Fine Art. He also served as an appointee by Dallas City Council as vice chair of the Cultural Affairs Commission under Mayor Mike Rawlings. Valderas graduated from the College of Visual Arts and Design at the University of North Texas with a Master of Fine Arts in Drawing and Painting. He has taught several painting and drawing courses at the University of North Texas, Richland, and Mountain View College. His work has been featured in the 2013 Texas... I'm about to mispronounce that on you. Biennial. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) I swear I'm a little bit educated, but some days... uh, Sorry. New American Paintings Magazine... Issue number 108 and number 132, and Impossible Geometries, curated works by Lauren Haynes at Field Projects in New York City. In addition, Valderas recently received a micro-grant from the Nasher Sculpture Center in Dallas for his guerrilla site-specific project. Did I fuck that up, too? No, that was good. I'm so sorry, no. Giovanni. I just, <laughs> it's been a day. Most recently, Valderas was reappointed to the City of Dallas Cultural Affairs Commission to serve under Councilman Omar Narvaez. If you're a Dallas native, you may have actually seen his work spread throughout the city or on the news lately with his Casita Triste project about gentrification in Oak Cliff. It's an honor to have him on the show. Please welcome to the Colores Radio, the brilliant Giovanni Valderas. Yay! Thank you guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. So tell us about your childhood since you're Dallas born and raised. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in Oak Cliff, uh, off of Illinois, and hey, uh, that's where my grandma Crocker lives. Hill, yeah. Nice, very uh, cool. Right over there, and uh, off of Dawes Street. Um, hey, yeah, it was. Uh, before that, you know, it, up until third grade, we moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like uh, most people who come from, you know, uh, lower to middle income um, uh, backgrounds, backgrounds, we. Um, my parents always fought a lot, and you know, we're always moving. And at times, you know, my parents were separated, so my mom would have to move a lot um, mm-hmm. uh, to different houses, rental houses. And then uh, it wasn't until like my third or fourth grade that my parents finally reconciled, and they were able they they were able to get a house and kind of just end up growing up in that in that neighborhood. Nice, but yeah. Um, so I think for me, affordable housing was always has always been a big issue for me because right. you know we, we it would have been nice for my family to kind of 
you know, live in some kind of affordable housing. So, yeah. So it's been with you since the start. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Very interesting. And then I know you're of Guatemalan and Mexican background. Yeah, so my mother's from Guatemala, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad is Mexican descent, and then family's like, probably like fourth generation. So wow. And how did that affect your identity? Did you feel like you had, like, a good percentage of both going on? Or I know a lot of, you know, we're in Texas, so you get predominantly Mexican um, yeah. upbringing, I guess. Yeah, it, it was it was always much easier to say, yeah, I'm, I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just that, that way. So, right, yeah. you um, just settled on that side of your identity. Yeah, but it wasn't until I started getting a little bit older where I started exploring my Guatemanteco side. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, it was... It was a learning experience, so, yeah. Very cool. And so when was the first time you realized that you were an artist? Ah, uh, um, I knew I had the, the talent or the ability to, um, to be an artist, but I didn't really consider myself an artist. I was just, like, a kid that liked to draw a lot, right? Right. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it was my teachers growing up, <coughs> going to DISD. And back then, DISD was not very good. I'm talking about, like, the, <laughs> <laughs> the mid-'80s to the-'90s. Um, was pretty bad. Where'd you go? Oh uh, man! So I went Uh-oh. to Lidaho, um, which I had a, a really phenomenal kindergarten teacher. Aww. I still m- remember her name, Miss Wit. Um, Shout out, Miss Wit. I know she may not be around. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Miss Wit. Watch him out. No, right. I know. <laughs> right. Uh, but she was like, "You can draw. Like wow. you have the ability." In kindergarten, she In told kindergarten. you that. Wow. Yeah. And then um, went on to uh, moved on to George Peabody Elementary School. Kay. Uh, which I live down the street from, so it's really it's really nice now, you know, to kind of cute yeah. nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, then I went on to middle uh, middle school to Griner. Uh, all all the schools. I know, man. And then I went to Skyline. Then about my sophomore year, I was asked to leave. So uh oh, I want to know that story. That sounds exciting. <laughs> no, it's not that exciting. <laughs> uh. But uh, you know, it was just hanging out with like the bad crowd and not of really course. paying attention to school. Um, so yeah, then I was on my way back over here and then my mom intervened being the strong, like Latina mm-hmm. woman she is. She's like, you're not going to any more DISD schools. We're going to oh, like wow. use your, uh, your uncle's address in Duncanville. And oh yeah. Like, I don't tell nobody. I know. Yeah. It was, it was a thing. You yeah. Know, we had a no, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I have my own <laughs> business. <laughs> I think my Tiesto does it. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So, you know, but that was really eye opening. I got to see a, what, what, uh, what another school district was able to offer as mm. far as, like, they had the internet over there. Like, what? Wow, that the was crazy. Internet? And this was, like, 95, 96. Jeez. You know? the and it, yeah, I was like, I couldn't believe it. And then, but also I think most importantly, I saw what it was like to have, to be around friends who actually had a stable home. Mm. Like, parents who who both, like, loved each other and, and wanted to be around each right, other. Right, that and, like, has a, a huge family. impact on you as an individual. Yeah, and uh, I, there was a few examples where I was like, wow when I was just over there and I would see, you know, situations evolve and I was like, wow, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All my life growing up in the hood, right. you know, we always had these kind of chaotic, you know, uh, environments. Yeah, you know, of so course. Yeah. So, so then you first realized you were an artist. You, you knew you had some sort of talent by kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And then when did you decide that it was something you were going to pursue? Oh, man. Um, well, you know, it, it took me a while to kind of find my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was like the the, the classic Latino in, in the hood growing up, you know, where I got married really young, had kids really young. Mm-hmm. I was like 23 when I 
I first had my son. Oh. Um, and then, you know, I did, like, manual labor stuff, you know, like, hanging up fence banners, you know, and, and then uh, decided, you know, I need to finish up school. And then um, ended up getting a divorce. And then I was like, you know, I'm free to kind of do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So I uh, decided to go to grad school. And, and uh, the idea was like, I'm going to go be an art professor afterwards. And it'll be really easy, <laughs> which it, it isn't. <laughs> um, but it was great because I was doing what I loved. And, and that's when I knew, like, this is what I wanted to do. You know, right. And it took all that time. So. And how was your family support at that time? Because I feel like any time I talk to fellow Latinos or people of color and you tell their family, oh, I'm going to be an artist, it's like they laugh in your face and they're like, why don't you do something more realistic? <laughs> yeah. You know, my mom, thank- thankfully my mom has always been supportive. Um, uh, my dad, you know, like around that time, you know, our relationship, uh, you know, it's kind of started to fall apart a little bit. We, mm-hmm. don't, no, we don't speak anymore, but... Um, you know, he kind of had his doubts, you know, but mm-hmm. for me, I was like, no, I'm going to go do it. And at this time, you know, I didn't care. It's like, right. I had been working with really yeah, crappy jobs. Yeah, you were jobs. grown already. Yeah, yeah. And I was at a point in my life where I can do whatever I wanted, you know, so. So you were pretty self-motivated then in your, like, next endeavor with arts and such. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big motivator, right? When you go into grad school and, and you're, like, taking on all this debt. And, and you always hear stories um. about artists graduating and then not do anything with it so for me there was always this pressure like all right if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go do it you know i'm Mm -hmm. not gonna like end up being in a cubicle you know like three years after i graduate grad school so drag me i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) that's like the biggest fear ever like especially when you're like latino or you know you're considering grad school you're kind of like i don't know if i should do this is it worth it how is the system gonna treat me again Mm -hmm. so it's like a big fear for people um so then were you always incorporating themes of like Latinidad and Chicanidad mm. in your work, or was it more when you started to develop the comfortability with that part of your identity? Yeah, you know, it was in grad school where I really started to explore that side. I mean, um, you know, I was I became really fascinated with uh, elements of piñatas and, and mm-hmm. like the history of it. And for me, um, but the work had always been about family. For me, it was always you know I used to do like portraits and, and these kind of weird uh, family situations, um, really representational work. Um, but it, after I got out, you know, grad school, it started evolving. And, when, and I think the big jump in, in my work, the shift, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. um, was when I started teaching at Mountain View College, and, and then I got onto the Cultural Affairs Commission. And then I realized how how much the art world kind of exists in its own bubble sometimes right it can be and art can be really intimidating and so i thought when i was teaching my art appreciation students at mountain view you know they were really afraid to, to go into an art museum because they didn't feel like it, was, it didn't feel it, it was their place mm-hmm. and then i thought wow okay we're not doing our job you know as far as me being an artist and the art community so i decided we need to take the art to them right and, and that's you know the idea of putting these guerrilla installation-like uh, pieces out in the community. So. And that started how long ago? Gosh, um, probably about 2013. Okay, yeah. so it's been a while now. Yeah. Um, and what has been your biggest challenge as an artist in Dallas? Oh, man, so many. Um, <laughs> What's the biggest one? You can give us a few. No, I, I think it's institutional support. I think <coughs> um, I think it's, it, it's great that on the educational level we're – institutions will invite an artist to do workshops and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it's rare that an institution will recognize their own artist 
and they can be like a an established artist who's been around for like 30 years and they still can't get like a, a solo exhibition or a, a group exhibition at one of our major um, art museums. I think that's a really a disservice to our community. Definitely. Um, yeah. Wow. So then most recently you have Casita Triste that's been getting a lot of traction. Can you, this is like a loaded question or maybe not at all, um, because the topic of this is highlighting gentrification. So can you explain to our listeners what gentrification is and what it looks like here in Oak Cliff? Gosh, you know, I'm not an expert in it. I just right. have been affected by it or right. know people who have been affected. But it's, it's mainly, I think the most simplest way is when a cu one community gets sacri sacrificed for another mm -hmm. um, and a community gets pushed out uh, when development starts to or redevelopment starts to happen. Right. Yeah. So. Yes. So that's gentrification, and then uh, the street that we're located here at the Oakland Cultural Center is seeing a lot of it uh, left and right, and just the whole area surrounding it. Um, I think even a few months ago, you didn't. It's just different within a year of when we started now, or started last year to now. It's like a whole another area, and I know with the new like Central Market we discussed on one of the episodes as well, and so it's just it becomes really complicated because there's people that think of it as like, oh, it's it looks nice now. We look like a nice neighborhood, so this can be a good thing. And then they're not listening to the people that are getting pushed out and can't afford their house anymore or get kicked to, you know, complete other cities because obviously Dallas's housing is not affordable. Um, so then why is it important we highlight these issues? I think because it mainly it affects our community, you know, one thing I think that bothers me the most and, and is brought up every once in a while is like, why don't you like all this development, you know? Like, uh -huh. you bring in new businesses and, and it's great. And it, but people forget that there was commerce here already. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't like we were waiting around <coughs> waiting for someone to come invest in us. The, the community, the Latino and, and, and Latinas, they created businesses here. Right. And it's because it's not suitable for the the new um, community that's coming in, you know, because maybe they may not like a tire shop mm -hmm. or whatever. But I like to think we held down the community, you know. Yeah, no, when absolutely. When people decided to, to, you know, the white flight started happening, you mm -hmm. know, we, we came and we created business. You know, right. Yeah, so. For sure. So then you've gotten some negative feedback. So basically with Casita Triste. Yeah. I get so excited every time I see one. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so they, they're essentially little piñata houses. And I love how they have like personalities of their own with their eyes. And I'm like, I feel you, little guy. <laughs> um, but it's just so, it's so fascinating. Because anytime I see your work, I'm like, holy shit, yes. But then seeing that one, I think I was like drive, driving through Bishop Arts. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but it says so much with just this simple visual. And so I'm like, oh my God. Ugh, it's just so amazing. Um, but you've gotten some negative feedback that is important to take into consideration. I know NPR shared the piece, right, that uh, that Hadi Mawagdi, our friend, uh, did through Art and Seek. And so the comment section was um, <laughs> exciting. I, th you're brave if you go into the comment section. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, to make it, like, uh, to be honest, like, I've received a lot of support from this mm -hmm. with that one exception of that post on NPR. It's like, 
they all came out of the woodwork of on course. that one. Of course, because that was like, like a whole different demographic. It's not just your Texas Latinos yeah, looking yeah. anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, the, the, this one individual was like, um, he posted it twice. Like he posted one that wasn't associated with, with my name on oh one Lord. post. And then he posted it. I guess somehow he found another one and, and it had my name included. Uh-huh. And I felt like, see, this is what happened, at least in my 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 perception is like, we have to address these because right. what happens, it, it catches like wildfire mm-hmm. and then people start wanting to chime in and, and kind of... It becomes another narrative. Yeah, it starts to negate it. And then, again, then <coughs> you have these narratives, which, you know, leading up before Casita Triste, it, I was starting to see like these developers create a narrative. Like, oh, a little gentrification, gentrification mm. is good. Oh, and God. Yeah, you know, I was like, no, that's not true at all. You yeah. Know? Um, so I feel like it's important to address it. But also, For you sure. know, not... I try to address it in a professional and polite manner. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you know these <laughs> these drug dealers, um, prostitutes, and druggies that lived in this apartment complex that I was referencing in my work. Um, I'm sorry, but that that's that's not the way I remember it because I grew up going to those apartment complexes. Right. My, uh, my uncles and aunts, uh, or my uncle and aunt lived there, and my cousins right. lived there, so I don't, I don't consider them druggies. Right, and yeah. the people on these comment sections frame it as like, oh, well, they got rid of that, so it's for the best. Yes. And one of them I saw said, man, he's really showing the bourgeoisie. And I was like, <laughs> bruh, really? <laughs> like, I was just like, good Lord. Like, that's that would be, it's, it's hilarious, really, because you're just like, all right, I'm sure you're some, like, middle-class, privileged Larry saying this right now, so... Um, but it speaks volumes. Um, so amidst others just discuss, discussing their lack of disdain for gentrification, how does this make you feel? Like people, obviously, like these people that are responding in this way, like. I, well, I think it's, it's a matter of, of them being willing, willing to empathize, right. you know, because it's easy to say. Oh, that apartment complex, I had a few, like, altercations or if negative experiences, but that doesn't speak for the whole community. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if that person was really willing to go out and meet these neighbors or meet these people, I mean, after all, this community are, are the people who watch their kids, uh, cook and clean for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can empathize with our, with our struggle and just how to survive, you know, making, like, minimum wage or whatever. Right. You know, I think that that, that would enlighten some people. Um, so, yeah. Definitely. That's Those where that disconnect is. Because mm-hmm. there's not enough of the... Because it, it, it's easy to think, well, if, 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 if you have the money and you have the resources, you say, I want this, and it's easier to make that happen because I have the resources. But you quickly overlook the idea that, well the people that are already a part of this community, a part of our lives as well, also want better for themselves and their families. They just don't have the resources. Right. And so it's real, it's easy for someone in that position to come in and just completely brush that off to the side when it's like, yeah. They're not living it. Right. And so, of course, the, the, you know, the, the words will come out that it's like, oh, well, it was this and it was that. And if you look at the numbers, you know, they, they go against the safety of what we're looking to establish and, it, it's yeah, it's it's uh, a conversation that definitely needs more clarity on on that side, in my opinion. But ooh, yeah, it's, it's a, a lot. One. It's yeah. a lot. So then, what do you think are because a lot of your work predominantly deals with Latinx, 
the Latinx community now. Um, so what do you think are the most pressing issues in the Latinx community? I, I think the, for me personally, I think the number one thing is <coughs> voter apathy. Because mm -hmm. if we could just get on board with just voting consistently, then I think we could vote in people who have our interests in mind right. and that could help kind of start to change things, right? Because right now, if we think about District 1, which we live in, um, you know, it's not represented by uh, a person of color, mm -hmm. which, you know, District 1 is overwhelmingly Latino mm -hmm. and Latinas. So um, if we can just focus on getting more people of color in our elections and our and local elections. Yeah. So we need to get so we need to get out there for those specifically yeah. because those are the ones directing us most um I guess I was gonna say direct us most directly, but you know what I'm trying to say because I think so often we press on just like these big presidential elections yeah. when these smaller ones are the ones that really affect us immediately rather. Um, and so my next part of that, excuse me, was gonna be and in Dallas. So again, you kind of answered that yeah. by just saying, you know, we need to get out there um, and vote. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. Like if we, we uh, you know, elected someone like you, right? You're, you oh come Lord from that Jesus. background, right? And But no, you know, you, you inherently know what the needs are, right. what we struggle with. For sure. You know, we're not like in the, as I like to call that, La Zona Rosa in, <laughs> in, in the Bishop Arts District in that this makes bubble. makes it sound all pretty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, Zona Rosa, <laughs> Dallas, it's, it's a different kind of, I'll, I'll leave that for off air. Uh, bruh, I want to know now. No. No, but um. you're, you're right. And so uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about what you said in terms of representation is like people think – and, and it's an overwhelming amount because it, I've seen this and I've, I, I've experienced it firsthand. People will take what you say and quickly say it's racist. Mm -hmm. Just flat out, no. That why, why do you want that? It's racist. Why can't you know a white person do what you're asking? <laughs> and no, honestly, no, I think... No, I believe it. Yeah, and, that, and, and it's, like, it's puzzling to me that... I feel like I have to have that conversation so many times with so many people that are so close to me, and it's just like I I get it fairly easily. Um, why can't the majority, or why can't you know what is it that's keeping us apathetic? What is it that we don't really understand behind you know the people that are pulling the strings, and and how that you know not to say that it's a burden, but at the same time, people that are living check to check and trying to make sure that they can put food on the table for their kids. Like, you know, it, it's it's a it's a like real difficult obstacle for for that level of understanding. Um, and I don't know. I, I yeah. think a lot of it is because we haven't had control of our narrative, right? And then it, the people that do get in there so often have to assimilate that they feel like they're drowning and they rather just do what they have to do to to just stay there. A lot of times is what I've seen. Um, anyways, uh, how. How can we help was the next thing I was going to ask. You know, it's interesting because a lot of people have been, you know, privately messaging me wanting to know, like, mm -hmm. how do we get involved? How do we organize? How do we help? Right. And I think that's the next step. You know, I think that all I wanted to do with this was to create an awareness. And my hope is that discussion would come out <coughs> of it and ultim ultimately uh, reflection and then empowerment. You know, how do we get uh, individuals mobilized now? I think that's going to be a is gonna have to be the next step because we have local elections coming up. A lot of uh, judges, or um, and those are when do you uh, early voting starts 
February 20th, I believe. All right. And so what's interesting, again, the power structure here in Dallas mm-hmm. is that um, you have a bunch of, uh, you know, Democrat white judges who are now being challenged by majority minority women. And okay. they didn't like that. So of what course. they did, they got their, their women friends to jump into the race to oh divide Lord. the women. Oh, Lord. Oh, hell no. no. I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It, it, this is how, like, how crazy it is. You know, like, how much people that don't want to let go of their that power. That is white you know, feminism if I've ever heard it. You know it. what? W- after we had that, we when we went to that. 53% that voted for Donald Trump, white <laughs> people. I'm not done with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to that protest. Oh, my God. We're yeah, so uncomfortable. Yeah, and we, we were talking about how, you know, the racism on the on the red side is 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 up front. Yeah, like absolutely. you'll see, it. they're proud. Yeah, and so when it's like you you really try to peel the onion on the other side, and it's like wow, you know, you look at all these things, the fifty three percent, and then these people that will march side by side with you at one protest will be completely absent at another, mm, absolutely, or will be on the opposite end of supporting you whenever you're, you know passionate about something that you connect with and it's like well what what is it that only when it appeals to them only when yeah, it works so for them it gets know, so it's complicated it's so frustrating but that's where okay so mlk day just passed and that's where that Ooh. quote about the white moderate is so good because he says that's the most dangerous person that white moderate who just stays quiet and then they bite you in the back later so that's exactly what that speaks to i think um yeah yeah, it's uh, complicated. Uh, yeah, so I think that's why it's important to us to not only be informed, but also, you know, make action, right? Like, and, and judge them on their merits, you know, like, for a white judge to do that, well, you know, for me, that that doesn't make me want to vote for them mm-hmm. because they can't run on their own record. Right. Now they're, y- they're using their, their women white friends to <coughs> divide the vote. Jesus. So a minority person um, can't win. That's so ugly. S- yeah, so... Uh, I think moving forward, you know, is think about local, um, the local city council elections that will be coming up, I believe, in 2019. You know, there's right now only two Latinos who sit on city council. So out Who's of running? 14 districts. Right. How old do you have to be to run? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's an announcement. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Finally, got somebody new back. Year, new me. <laughs> Good Lord. Let's do it. <laughs> I would be. I would. I don't even know. I actually wanted to be the president when I was a kid, so this is not far fetched, well, you guys. And a, and a lawyer. So and like Trump's president now, so like I could do it as a <laughs> podcast host and <laughs> struggling adult. Um, anyways, any announcements or anything else you want to share with us, Giovanni? Uh, no, it's, it's not that I can think of right now. But no, uh, no, like sneak peek or preview on what <coughs> what the next next you, project. Is. Yeah, yeah. So I think Casita Tristes continues on. Um, for me, and until this city can find a way Oof. to fix this problem, right? Yes, because yeah, I mean, because unfortunately, like the only from I was told by someone who's been here um, in city politics for a long time, she said uh, the the city <laughs> the city only responds when it's shamed into responding. And so, how do we shame them? I have a scarlet letter. <laughs> there we go. Shame. Hey, you <laughs> shame. know what? The next time you see those piñata uh, tristes, grab the postcard out send of it them. and send it. Yeah. Know, like set, I'm gonna go know, get a stack of them today. Just say, hey, don't make working class people take a day <laughs> off to come to city hall. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to get the message out. You know, 
because it's important. Um, <coughs> because what's happening on Jefferson, man, pretty soon all the quinceanera shops and you know pawn shops, every what made Oak Cliff Oak Cliff is yeah. gonna be gone. Well, I think it's th it's three quinceanera shops in the past. The quinceanera shop I got for something is all gone. Yeah. Whoa. <coughs> yeah. So they're disappearing. Um, yeah. yeah. A lot of change. I'm joking. Uh oh. Um, <coughs> you've, you've managed to find a balance between your artistry and, I guess, social justice. Um, wha I, I'm interested to see how that, I don't know, how you've managed to, I don't know, you talk about like raising awareness, right? And you talk about the message in your work. Um, as an artist, when you look at your work, where do you, how did you, figure out the formula to say I, I am I am at an artist level pleased with this work and social justice or the social theme that I'm attaching and mixing this with I'm also there yeah you know I, I think it's just coming from the environment we are in now you know when I started doing this this was still like in the Obama years but mm -hmm. just realizing the animosity that was growing especially mm -hmm. towards the Latino community like I felt like, wait a minute, we need to say something. You know, yeah. like we can't continue to let this contrived narrative um, take control of our lives in that sense. So, um, you know, and as an artist, you know, I I can care less if someone calls me a Latino artist or just an artist or whatever. I know that I'm influenced um, for my community and what what um, it's provided for me and given me influence. So. I incorporate those things. And for me, if I could use a, a, this visual vernacular to communicate with my community, then let's do it, you know, like, because piñatas, you know, I think everyone has a positive association with it. And we can all yeah. identify with it. When you see someone driving down the street and they see this piñata reference, they get it. It's like, yeah, I know yeah. what they're talking about. And I think a lot of times contemporary art doesn't really do that in some ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. You know, I didn't know the, that you were the piñata <laughs> when I, I no, I, I saw it, and then you know I thought it was I was like oh snap this is pretty dope it's pretty cool, and it wasn't until like a couple of days later you know talking with G here at the at the cultural center, it's like oh snap okay, yeah, um, I don't know I, it was funny because when I first started doing these like people were like what like why would you want to do that that's so weird like it's not an art gallery it's not you yeah know, like but it wasn't meant for them you know yeah. And then, I mean, you're like honestly, you're all <laughs> you're also kind of a poet, because mm. with some of those, you know, the words behind them and yeah. like the double meanings and you know the layers of of the way you use the language outside of you know the visual vernacular that you talk about. Yeah, you know that's what I love about the Spanish language, right? Especially like even like Spanglish, I guess you would call it. Yeah. You know, because you know it doesn't make any sense. You know, once we, if we try to translate it into yeah. English <laughs> and I think that's the beauty of it because it's, it becomes this metaphor for misunderstanding cultures that are deemed foreign yeah. you know so for me it was just like yeah let's capitalize on that because all the community knows who it's talking to in yeah. a sense you know so yeah I mean there's been situations where people are like when I've done like some public projects and they're like oh no we can't use that I was like why not yeah and then they're like well because we don't want to upset the you know the Hispanic community I was like, I am the Hispanic <laughs> community, man. It's me. Yeah, I was like, come on, have a little faith in me, you know? 
but yeah. It's yeah. funny to see pictures of people next to your artwork where it's like, hey, Stop. do you? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It was funny. That makes it that much better. Yeah, and uh, and that that piece was specifically made for that because I knew that people were gonna come and want to do like selfies or whatever, and especially people who live in that that complex. Mm -hmm. You know, it was hilarious. It was just like ah, they it's like going right over them. But the moment they post it on social media, again, it's speaking to us. We get it. You know, at least I hope we think we get it. So yeah, we got it. We got it. As we wrap up, where can we support your work? Uh, you know, oh, just out in the street, right? Like hey, 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 because you know I can't continue to to do this all the time in that sense that people just get tired of me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, <laughs> that damn thing out again. Man. Stop, no, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, I was talking to another <coughs> artist, and I was like, man, you know, we need to get a coalition of artists together, and once, you know, let's say my round is up with my placement, art placement, then this artist takes over and does something Beautiful. completely different out in the streets, and again, this continuous cycle That'd that's just happening. Yeah, and then we could all be supportive of each, of each other. You know, I was like. You know, I go help you place that, you know, whatever. But yeah. I think it's, you know, that would be incredible, you know, because that sure. continues to kind of be that gnat that you can't get out of your <laughs> face. You know, it's kind of pressuring you and bugging you until we, you know, force the city to, to do something about it. For sure. Yeah. How has that, all the all the excitement been for you? Is that, That's your first time getting interviewed by all these stations and stuff? Yeah, yeah. It's been really overwhelming. Um, yeah. Because it was just like literally just a bunch of emails coming through and, and I was trying to work, and and then there and you're like, like I'm famous. No, <laughs> <laughs> I hate being on camera. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been incredible. Like for me, it's like yes, we get the message through that af- affordable housing. Mm-hmm. If we can continue to push that out there, and use art as a catalyst to, for change, then I'm all for it. But you know, it was it was kind of overwhelming. Like uh, the f- I think it was one of the uh, Channel Four. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we want to do an interview. And she, I don't know how she got my number. Oh, my God. She, she got me through social media, e- messages, email, and then she just called me up. And I was like, hello? She's like, <laughs> hey, I'm, you know, such and such. And I was like, oh, hey, how did you get my number? Oh she goes, we have our ways. And yes, like, they oh. do. Yeah. <laughs> Journalists really do. Yikes. Yeah. So she's, she's like, I want to do an interview. I was like, well, I get off at 6. She's like, actually, can you do it now? I was like, <gasps> dang. Well, I'm at work. but I'm, I'm at the front door. Yeah. She's like, I'm oh, here I'm already. I'm watching you. <laughs> no, she literally is like, we'll come to your job and interview. I was like, oh, okay. So she showed up. But it was wow. great. The story turned out great, and it oh, well, received good. a lot of response, good response. So, um, But, yeah, it's it's been a I, – again, uh, it was never meant – at least I never thought it would blow up like it did, but um, it was always meant for the community. Mm-hmm. So, But it's great because now it just gets a wider audience. So for yeah. sure. That's exciting. Congratulations. We're yeah. looking forward to all your future work, and we hope that you start the coalition because that sounds amazing. I know, right? I'm looking forward to it. Our friend Ari here could join you. She's ah. an artist as well. Okay. There's one more thing I need to talk to you about. Um, Justin Favela. 
a dear Ooh. friend, a dear friend, Fabi Fab. Fabi Fab. The love of my life from Latinos to Lunch. Yeah. We're in love. It's a whole other thing, Giovanni. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but he's another artist and does work similar to yours with piñatas. Yeah, man, I, I love that guy, and I love his work. But I think most of all, I love his generosity. What, how he gives shout-outs shout to, like, everyone. Yes. And, you know, I think that's rare. You know, yeah, no, for sure. Like artists become so self-involved. It's about them and them and them. And mm -hmm. then to see a guy like that, you know, give so much love back out, it's, it's, uh, it's really heartening. To you're me. making me fall in love with him more. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're but right, though. He is a good dude. Like, what, really you, what you're talking about, like, is, is spot on. Can we get y'all to do a collab? Yeah, man, you know what? Oh, I my God, like, um, You got even uh, make it work, <laughs> guys. I know, I like know. <laughs> I'm getting excited. What I would love to see, like, one of these abandoned <coughs> um, uh, car used car lots, like, put in, like, these big... Full-size pinata cars. Oh my god! Like yeah. his lowrider yeah, like series. Yeah, like lowrider, and then fill them like, like I don't know, maybe like six or seven of them. Just put them up in front. That would be so there. dope. But you know that anyway. But uh, yeah, he's he's such a great guy, and he, and he just and he's half Guatemalan. Yeah, he's Guatemalan like Yeah. Right. Well, great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> pinata pal. Keep up the good work, Bobby. Yay. Um, so they can find you at giovannivalderas.com. Yes. You are also on Instagram. Yes. I don't know if you want to share that or if I'm like the... the no, no, okay. go ahead. I was yeah. like, oh, God, I put out your, I'm going to put out your number next. It's all good. Um, and you have an Instagram as well for Ken Mande. Is that a yeah, Ken uh, Manda. Ken Manda. I knew I was messing it up somewhere. Um, so you yeah, have Instagram accounts, yeah. accounts for both of those. Follow all his work and support our local artists. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yay. Thanks. We are now welcoming to the show a friend who has been on before. We invite you all always to reach out to us and let us know if there's an idea you have or something you think we should discuss on the show. Our friend Ari, a.k.a. Candy Paint, a.k.a. a.k.a. Stop, you're all these names I gave you. Yeah. A.k.a. my best friend, but also just an amazing artist in person. Uh, she hit us up with an idea for a segment we're going to let her introduce now. Hey, guys. So first of all, Last time I was here, everyone said my voice was soft. I'm gonna try to like harden it a little bit more. No, I think people no, liked that. That's the oh. thing. Like they're used to my nasty, raunchy <laughs> self, and so you <laughs> sound like all beautiful. Okay. No, stay true to yourself. Okay, thank you. So basically, I just thought it would be cool to share with you guys uh, some information about cool black people you should know. You know, I think you guys have a really good platform. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. So what should we <laughs> call this? She'll be like, cool black people, you should know. <laughs> no, I think you should sing it. No. You I have to. I already I butchered it. Anyways, is this is a, you can do impersonations? Bruh, I this is a whole nother. Britney Spears, you told me. <laughs> oh, you are kind of good at that. I'm so Britney sorry. Spears? Go. Do you think you could sing Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know? Stop. Don't let me be the last to know. Do it. Do your Britney kidding. real quick. It's not, a, it's not a good song. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Oops, she did it again, you guys. <laughs> Stop it. She's wearing red and a turtleneck like Britney. Britney Spears is in the building currently. Um, so this is a new segment we'd like to introduce called... <laughs> cool Black People You Should Know with Ari Edwards. Yes. Take uh, it away. Okay, cool. So I thought that like a really good way to start this off would be with Kimberly Crenshaw. 
she's an activist. Um, she now teaches at UCLA. Um, she does like social justice work, and she's the woman who coined the term intersectionality. What is intersectionality? I'm so glad you asked. So <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's just the idea that we as people have various identities, race, class, gender, sexuality, ability, and all those identities intersect at really unique points in our lives and are really important to consider. Give us an example. So I'm a black cis woman. What does that so mean? So my identity is I'm a black person. Um, I'm cisgender, which means I, like, I uh, identify with the gender I was born with at birth, which is female. Correct. And I'm a woman, which we all know are second-class citizens in this society. So <laughs> We should by now. If you're still listening to the colores, you yeah. should know that by now. Um, but basically, intersectionality is not just one of those components. It's the intersections and complexities within your entire identity. Yeah, so that idea has been translated into uh, like feminist practices. Earlier, you mentioned white feminism, which is like pretty much the opposite of intersectionality. Right. It's not inclusive at all. It's mainly just for the benefit of white women. Which is the majority of feminism that a lot of people know. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, intersectionality, it's not, it's not a new concept, but Kimberly Crenshaw was <coughs> the one to coin the term. Um, so, basically, it's making sure that your quote-unquote wokeness applies to everyone and not just yourself. So, making sure that you're standing up and being an ally for, you know, if, you know, gay people of color or transgender people or, you know, what have you. For sure. So, yeah. this is Kimberly Crenshaw, someone cool and you black know. that you should know. Yeah. Shout out, Kimberly. Thank you, Ari. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else you want to share with, with cool Kimberly? Cool Kimberly. No, that's it. She's she's still alive and kicking, you she know. She is. So, this was really interesting because I know they first, I, in an interview I saw with her, they were discussing how she uh, first coined the term in like the 90s? 89. 89. So close. Um, so I thought that was so interesting because it's like literally this term she created and it's so used nowadays and I just find it fascinating because you think of language as like something so far away. I think it was either 2017 or 2016 that that word was like the second highest search word on Google. Yeah. Because it was just such, you know, in the forefront of like our Everything that was happening. Yeah. And so actually I was thinking about that when I saw, uh, Coco because I loved it, uh -huh. but I'm a black and like I don't you know so I was like wow this is what we need this is like representation but then I was thinking can I say that I don't know because I don't know how like everyone else who's a part of this community actually feels about it right. so like what did what did y'all think of that movie? I, um we discussed it on episode I know but I, I need more like details because <laughs> I think you mentioned something about like it was good but so like what's the but um there's several buts um a lot of it was because something similar had already been done, and so it's like Disney just came in to get their coin mm -hmm. because they saw that it was a successful thing already. Um, there were other buts within our community because they still – how they made this very impactful thing that happens yearly, they kind of twisted it still. I, I know a lot of people were giving negative feedback over that. I'm with you, though. Like, for me, representation is still important, but I don't think we can put all our coins in that basket because then our representation can just go out the wazoo right. and we'll be getting whatever kind of sloppy representation there is. But I think it's – I mean, I I could say the same thing, right? Like, I watch a lot of black culture and consume a lot right, of black culture. Can that. I really say these things? Um, and I – so to me, it's like, yeah, you can. Yeah. <coughs> I just wanted to be helpful. 
thinking about intersectionality and making sure you are like constantly trying to learn about others around you that are different from you. Um, and yeah, because I was like, man, if anybody else feels that, but then I was like, but it's yeah. everyone else. No, it well, absolutely was, yeah. is. And there was moments where I was watching, and and it is I, I will it, it is a a great movie. Um, but there was definitely instances where I was like, wait a minute, why why did they do that? Okay. Or, hey, I see what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And but and I don't know if that's me like reading too deep into things like I always do, but I think um, when we reviewed it, we talked about how Disney did it right, and they did. And I think that's what I have like the biggest issue with. And it's not even a big issue, but the thing is, like, if you got the money, you're able to get the resources. I mean, they went down to Mexico and did the work, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they made sure that it got the cosign that it needed to be successful. And so, all in all, representation-wise, I think it was good. You know, Shay tweeted, I'm, I'm happy to see, I'm, I'm waiting to see how many more films get greenlit after this because we see the success and the power behind our people. Um, so I think as a vehicle, it did a lot. Um, but you know, as with everything, nothing is perfect. Yeah. Right. But then I also think there's this point where this is not even just intersectionality anymore. It's like, because there's so few opportunities that we have or art that we're able to see ourselves represented in, we're even more highly critical. And that is also something I think to take into consideration because we've gotten so used to this, like whiteness of standard of where films and television and media or art or whatever should be that we consume so we're highly critical as soon as anything drops because we're like no they shouldn't have done this and it's like we wouldn't be talking about some you know becky movie like this but i don't know anyways that is there anything else you want to share with us ari dear about intersectionality and kimberly crenshaw I just think it's important to keep that in mind when you are uh, coming up with issues that are specific to you, like police brutality or what have you. Just keep in mind that there are other people, um, marginalized people, that need to be uplifted and supported as well. So, yeah. Amen. Thank you, Ari, for the cool black people you should know. We want to say thank you again to Giovanni Valderas for swinging by and letting us ask him all the questions and and hearing his story. It's always nice to know where somebody comes from, and he really is doing amazing work here in Dallas and a lot of stuff that really helps us feel represented in the Latino <coughs> community. So shout out to Giovanni. You're welcome always. We appreciate you swinging by. That means it's officially time for... The one, the only. <laughs> I can't sing, you guys. I'm sick. Ready? Sick with it. Sick with it. Hey, hey, hey. One, two, three. Self care corner. Oh my god, I almost cried. That was so cute. <laughs> so that she doesn't lose her voice. Thanks, guys. Thanks for looking out. I've already like died several times this episode. Um, <coughs> so this is mad cheesy, but I did it the other day and I cried and I felt so good afterwards. Um, because I have a playlist. I remember I told you about my playlist with sad songs and it like makes you feel good, whatever. And so there's a lot of love songs blah, in that playlist. And so I was thinking about how with love songs, like, y'all be honest, when you're singing a love song, you think about somebody, right? You're like, that fool messed me up. Or like, that bee, this song reminds me of them. And it like kind of makes you feel like some type of way. So the other day I heard... Uh, 
Daniel Caesar's Blessed. That's the big popular one, right? And I was like, why do I have to think of somebody when I sing this? I can sing it to myself. So if you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's like mad, beautiful. Let me see if I can cue it up. Oh, my God. But I sang it to myself. And like, y'all know I'm always struggling with my mental health. But it actually like was a really cool little exercise for myself. Because even though I was like sobbing through it, I was like, it was like a love song to myself. And to like share my love with myself instead of always like connecting these songs to other people. You mm. can you can love yourself and like say like, I got us kind of thing. Um, so sing yourself a love song. I know it sounds mad cheesy and it's kind of dumb, but it honestly made me sob <coughs> and feel really happy afterwards. So try that out if you're interested. That song is a good one to do. Um, and then another thing is something that helps with positivity in your life um, is just to share your love and let somebody know what they mean to you. I love doing this type of shit because I like receiving sweet little messages, but hitting someone up just randomly or whatever and just being like, hey, you mean so much to me for these reasons. Sharing your love via a note or a text or an email, it just really helps and makes you feel like you did something good, and then you end up making someone's day. So I recommend trying that out because you'll feel better afterwards, and you'll make someone's day, so it's always great. And that is my half-dead self-care corner. Oh, my God. Rafa is going to do our... Brown business of the week because I don't want to keep choking. All right, since our lovely leader, Mera Mera Kefa, Eva is um, having some. You're not dying. We're all dying, okay. but no. um, I think your allergies are just acting up. It's it was supposed to be ice apocalypse today, so it's really cold. I think that's messing with all of us. Um, but we'll go on to our brown business of the week, and I feel like uh, drum roll. That was good. It worked. Pepe's and Mitos. <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Pat the Gat coming in clutch with the sound effects. No, Pepe's and Mitos. Our homie Rojas. Uh, Nino de la Calle. Alex was good. Was popping, fam. Shout out to the Rojas family. I don't know if y'all know this, but... They were on diners, drive-ins, and dives, or whatever the name of it is. Fucked it up, but it's okay. Yeah, whatever. Triple D. Triple D in the triple D. Yeah, they have really good margaritas. I'm in the triple D. I'm in the kitchen. I'm on it. I'm like, what guys? Okay, God. Hey. Hey. I can't see it, but Emma's extra lit. Yeah, Peppers and Mitos, Mex Tex restaurant. Get it right. Get it right. Get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, although I did see one of the reviews that said Tex-Mex and I was like, did you not read? Confused. Yeah. It's like, come on, what's going on? They're in Deep Ellum, 2911 Elm Street, Dallas, Texas. Shout out to the Rojas family again. They got margaritas that is on point. So make sure you hit him up for happy hour. He always comes out and shows love. Um, Mr. Alex and, uh, yeah. So go Thank support you. the whole family. Tell them that Colores sent you. Or come meet us up, because we're going to swang through for some mango, mango margaritas real soon. Like, real catch soon. Catch me when my throat's back. Chichia. <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, I was... Anyways. Uh, you want to keep th- going? I kind of like you taking the lead. No, you... Uh, that come sounded on. sorry again. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, though. My throat, like, for real is hurting. 
Well, um, we'll keep it going. <laughs> I wish I had Eva's transition power. No, I have no skill with that. <laughs> you know this. <laughs> That's what makes it so My fun. My transitions are like, um, <clears throat> you guys, so we were talking about turtles, and now this is about chicken nuggets, so thank <laughs> you. <laughs> but we love those transitions. But you always talk about chicken nuggets. I, I like how that always nuggets. makes its way. I have mad <laughs> feelings about fried chicken, but go on. We had fried cool. chicken yesterday. <laughs> really? I don't know why she said that, but yes, we oh, did. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you, Pat. You yeah, good great. thing y'all don't ha- like run the whole episodes because we'd be a train wreck. <laughs> Speaking of train wrecks, who you got? Oh with <laughs> that's his transition. It kind of worked. I'm trying to, you except know. that you skipped a segment. Oh, did I? Oh, snap! I did. Sorry. Speaking of opposite of train wrecks. Opposite of train wrecks. <laughs> you know. Wonderfully organized, logistically perfect events, De Coco events. Yay. Our next few De Coco events. So we have Viva la Mujer art show coming up. Uh, we'll be posting the flyer and more information on that. Happening in March. Yes. I didn't read. Yeah. After my birthday. Yeah. So we're going to be extra, extra lit Woo. the month of March. Um, because it's also Rafa's birthday. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I'm in Aries. My moon is Capricorn, Shut but the I'm fuck more of a. <laughs> I hate you Are so you much. Are you dragging us? I'm not. He's I dragging me because I'm not, I was I like <laughs> trying to help him find With his, his moon signs. And well, I know, I but it was just funny. I'm really it's just funny. I think it really is. I don't really know. I do need more. He's all like, interested now. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. Wow. I would just like to know. I mean, no, I'm not me. saying I'm not interested. I'm saying. I just would like to know. So if it ever does come up in conversation, I was like, yeah, I'm a Capricorn moon. And then you're like, psych, look at this meme about how shitty guys are about me. Well, no, even. <laughs> about, about signs. Even though you be dragging Aries. I don't drag Aries. I've never dragged Shout Aries in my Yolis. life. Shout out to Yolis. Hashtag I've never team dragged Aries. y'all. They said I didn't show them love. And I literally am I mean, in love with both of them. So It's just because you're like posting. It's because, honestly, I think <laughs> they're only. high key love? I'm they just only saying. Y'all like, no, no, no. Low key dragging. She wasn't dragging. She was just shouting out because she, she has like a billion. telling me that I'm actually a Capricorn. No, I said your moon sign. That's different. Your moon what sign is your like a moon. If you would listen, I could help you. You're making me lose my voice some more. Sorry. Uh-huh. There's a sun sign, which is the okay. one that when is your birthday. Someone's so what is to it Anza. if I'm doing it over here? <laughs> what is it if like I'm my like domicile is aligned with the Big Dipper? I'm so tired of you. <laughs> we'll, we'll kill, we can talk about this after the episode. We'll go back to and talk okay. about the events that we've got going okay. on. Viva la mujer! Viva la mujer! Our show. Pat keeping us in line. Thank you. <laughs> Viva la Mujer Art Show. Yes, March. Uh, we're, we, we have um, an open call coming out. We'll have flyers, all the information coming soon. Um, March is also... I'm trying to remember the actual day the of, of international... Is it the oh, end March 8th is International Women's Day. March 8th will be That'd International be Women's Day. Yes. So, um, yeah, it'll be all about it's La Mujer. Women. Yes, so make sure you... Uh, Stay up, keep your ear to the streets, and make sure you uh, peep game for the flyer. We'll be releasing that soon. And then we have the 214 Selena event. Get it right. Yeah. I have I have a lot of family that's like, ¿Por qué le dicen Selena? Es Selena. Es Selena. Se llama Selena. So 214 Selena event. Um, <laughs> if you haven't been to that, you, uh, you want to make sure you join us. We team up with the whole family. Dudo, the sour grapes, people, country burger, faded DJs, and then uh, Dallas and outside Dallas family shows up and shows out. So 
Um, we have more info coming for that. Make sure you uh, keep up. And then what we're super excited about, one year of doing this thing. Deck Coco been holding it down for one year. So in April, um, late April, make sure you uh, come out. We have a lot of I, – I feel so excited because I want to talk about what we have planned. But we can't tell but we you. But can, we literally can't. So um, just know that you want to be here. There's, like, somebody coming in from mad far away to be with us. Oh, like, <coughs> no, the the No, um, he's traveling, right? Didn't he say he was going to come? Yeah, to I think, oh, I think yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm so nervous good. for a lot of reasons, Dang. but, yeah. No, we have some out-of-towners coming through Alexander showing love. Yeah. So we'll, you know. We'll make sure that um, Dallas is as hospitable as it can be with that special De Coco welcoming. Um, so, yeah, one-year anniversary. We'll be celebrating that late April, early May. So make sure you um, visit our page, our Instagram, our Twitter. On El and Face. And then El Face uh-huh. so that you can like Stay up to date go. with all our exciting events and news. Yippee! Then finally, it is time for... Who you Canales. Do you Canales? know what that is? Do you even reference? know what Johnny Canales is? <laughs> I don't. What are you talking about? Have we ever talked about why we joke about that? <laughs> no, they, nobody because knows. Because Pat made it seem like I didn't know who Johnny Canales was, yeah. even though I'm like a Mexican Texan in this country. Yeah, that was and funny. She tried to make it seem like I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Pat. Okay. Um, I'm not really. So for one time, I don't know what I'm doing. This is human. What? I'm proud of you. Oh I'm, my I'm accepting of it. I'm gonna con- admit I'm listening to stuff, but I haven't been able to fully in depth <coughs> listen to their music to say, hey, this is who I'm going to do. But I will. Ding! Sp- that is a ding. <laughs> hey, this is who I'm going to do. I haven't done but that either. I um, I listened to a podcast recently on my way back from Austin that I thought was pretty cool. Um, it's called Escuela Sangre that my friend Bianca actually told me about. It, um, it talks about the episode that I listened to specifically was talking about um, the, the Aztecs and their sacrificing um, for the gods and stuff. And it was actually pretty cool. They cover all kinds of different episodes. <laughs> Y'all can see Emma's face right now. I'm not saying that it's cool to sacrifice. <laughs> I'm just saying that the topics. So for our non-Spanish speaking listeners, Escuela sang- Sangre translates to, s- to blood school. Blood school. And we ain't talking Crips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's, and it's about Aztecs and sacrifices. So, so the, the, epi- <laughs> the episode I listened to, it's all in Spanish. <laughs> Keep going. I still want to see why I should get this. The episode I was listening to called, was called Sacrificios Humanos Los Aztecas. So it covers a whole episode on that and why they started doing sacrificing and all that. And it talks about when Hernan Cortez came and, like, brought the diseases we were talking about earlier. Yeah, so that's why when you mentioned you mentioned that story, I was just like, I even told Rafa earlier, I was like, it's funny that I literally just listened to this podcast that dissects the whole thing of them, like, sacrificing, and then you covered it. But um, they cover all kinds of issues. They have an episode on La Llorona, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, I find it now after our Halloween episode. And they have an episode on Gloria Trevi. And just cover all kinds of different. They cover all kinds. They cover all. Gloria Trevi, Aztecs, and La Llorona. They just. (laughs) <laughs> they cover a bunch of different topics. No, that actually sounds It's actually cool. pretty I'm cool. To check it They're out. only on SoundCloud. But I've, my friend told me about it, and I was just like, whoa, this piques my interest because I've been wanting to f- get into, like, 
more like murder or mystery or like thriller <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I sound really darks right now. Solo darks. But. <laughs> she's like not even phased though. She's not. She's like, yeah, I'm really into murder right now, you guys. This is, I, have, oh I had a great childhood watch Friday the 13th every day. Listen to Blood School. They talk about sacrifices. I'm and learning how to do murder. it. I'm like, <laughs> they don't tell you how to do it. They just, oh well, God. I'll stop there. Y'all Thank check them you. out. We will definitely consider that with a rosary in hand. It's not really as dark as it sounds, I promise. No, yeah. it doesn't sound dark at all. I didn't get it Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll stop. Rafa, are you ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's not as bloody as that. Okay. But <laughs> um, kill Nigel, anybody? I like girl, you should have brought a friend with you. Yeah, I'm a mess and I know it. I crack a seal and I pour it. I can say these bitches I ain't heroic. Damn, I miss my dog. We used to dry at the mall. I want to say late December. But, um, man, it's, it's like, if you're into like the sad stuff, you looking at me cause you know, I am <laughs> because we were talking about the sad music yeah. earlier. Um, this is really good. He has a, a, a blend. So it's, it's, um, it's like hip hop ish, pop ish, um, rock. And so like, it's a really dope blend. Um, but it sounds good. And so I found myself appreciating, appreciating like the melodies but then, like listening, and he says like some some, he's got some social commentary mixed into, you know, a lot of the a lot of the songs. It's a short, short album. I want to say like six or seven tracks, but it's super dope. Uh, Kill Nigel, White Horse, Peep Game. Peep Game. Special guest Ari, do you want to throw something out while you're here? <coughs> um, well, it's not that evil like killing oh my blood. God. <laughs> um, I feel like Dorothy Ashfield. show that i've heard discussed on some of our other favorite podcasts but i finally like sat and watched it over the holiday break and i was um, a little bit hesitant to show it to my mom but i ended up watching it with her and then she ended up watching it without me because she liked it that much and i've never heard her laugh so hard in my life it was honestly the most beautiful thing ever it's one day at a time which is on netflix and the next season is coming out super soon uh, when I first watched it, I was a little bit thrown off because I'm a freaking TV snob and I don't like hearing uh, laugh tracks and such. But it's actually really well done. It's so great. It's about a Cuban family, a modern Cuban family, and I don't want to say too much. But if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend you do. And we should support these shows because not only are they providing a narrative for you know communities like Cuba that we might not always hear, especially in the Latino community, but this one is bringing up a lot of important modern topics. And so it's just a lot of fun, and I recommend you watch it. And my mom literally loved it, and I was so shocked because it brings up so many That's themes cool. that like I didn't think I could discuss <clears throat> with my mom, and she understood it all and loved it. So I thought it was really dope. So check out One Day at a Time. It's a really great show. Cool. Do you want to finish 
finish her. Finish him. That was really bloody. Oh my god. Can I give the actual description of this epi- the podcast so this I don't sound like a evil demented episode. person? Please. It says, "Estás en clase y escuela sangre te va a enseñar todo sobre asesinos, seriales, el oculto, canibalismo, <laughs> demonios." Pat, you're this not, is not helping. You're Pat. not <laughs> making worse. a better case. Yeah. <laughs> Cannibalism, yeah, I'm like, okay. the occult, <laughs> but it's like covering stuff from like Latinx culture that makes it kind of interesting, and that's why I was that like, whoa, I no, because yeah. I never actually like when we wanted to talk about it, then we didn't have this. It. Yes, so this is how you frame that. I think to to make it more appealing. Well, that's why I was maybe. trying to explain it a little better so that I don't sound like I'm some dark sided kid. No, seriously, we're so sorry she did this to y'all, but we actually yeah, will check it out. We we will check it out. Um, I think I got past the thinking it's gonna be like a Faces of Death video <laughs> from the eighties. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. They were like really humorous and like talk about it in a way that I was just like, whoa! Like they looked into it, and I was like really interested because I didn't know. Like when she was explaining the pyramids and like where they did the circuit sacrifices <coughs> and things, I was like, okay, it made more sense to me. Because I went to the pyramids last year, and I was like, "Oh, dang!" Trying to uh, stun on us, okay? Of course, it's the pet way. Let's finish off the show. Thank you for sharing with us the who you got of the week, Rafita. You want to take it away? Who's you got? Take it away. Johnny, <laughs> I have to pee. You guys, hurry! <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> So thank you for tuning in. Episode 19, our last episode is a teen. Um, oh, what? what? No, you're leaving? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I you as a team. As a teen. Uh, yeah, I got sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting sick too, so. Um, so yeah, please be sure, hit up, follow all our Who You Got, support our local artists. Don't forget to share the podcast, follow us on social media, subscribe, and leave us a darn review. Yes, we need them. It'll help us advance and do some things. So please, please, please leave us a review. We'd love to keep go- growing. So please share it with your family, friends, your mans. It's not really your man or whoever. <laughs> Let us know what your favorite part was. Tweet us. Hit us up. We love hearing from you. We could not go on without your support. That is very important. Tell everyone you love to follow us at Decolores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow our queen bee at Eva Arreguin. <laughs> This is what happens when he runs it. Rafa at Exile on all social media and Pat at Pat.Aragin <laughs> on Insta. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by the one and only El Dusty. Our audio engineer is Jason Ramirez. We promise to keep growing, providing you with entertaining content, and most importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at decolorescollective at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Yo. Decolores Radio.